Welcome, friends. Hi. Hello. Etc. Y'all are listening to How Do You Do? The show where we interview our friends about their jobs. You got it. It's time to learn, y'all. Zoom, 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 zoom. Hi, and welcome to How Do You Do? My name is Brad Breakfast. I'm Hannah Backwards. Who the hell is our guest? We have Hilton Price with us today. I'm the guest. <laughs> I'm guesting. Welcome, guest. I don't guest a lot. I host. I don't get to guest much, so this is nice. That's Good. true. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you're the guest, and you you do certain things for a job. I do. I am the marketing manager for Tulsa Ballet. Wow, that's very fancy. I just started a few months ago. That's awesome. Before that, I was the executive producer for Fox 23 News. <laughs> yeah. It's even fancier. They are fancy jobs, for I am a fancy lad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think you've listened to a couple episodes of, of How Do You Do? I have, I have done How Do You Do? Yeah. <laughs> you know how the process works. Uh, first, I do a shout out. And then I do a rant, and then we read some facts, and then we ask you questions. I'm ready. You've said that nothing is off limits. Oh, at night, well, if I suddenly say, you'll know if something is off limits if I suddenly go, that is off limits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, fair. That's, that's my special safe phrase. That's how I have conversations. It's a good boundary. Too. Good boundary. Yeah. <laughs> so my, uh, my shout-out this week was for... Uh, Tammy quit Kroll, and I told you, I told you I was going to put you on a on a, a podcast. What did she do, Hannah? She just made fun of adults who cosplayed. That's all. Like, I, I clicked on a very fun, it was literally fun.com. It was an ad for them. And it was an ad for uh, a cosplay sweater that made you look like Bert from Bert and Ernie. Yeah. And this lady said, adults need to grow up. And I called her judgmental. It, it wasn't even like a cosplay. Like, mm, like it was sweater. just a shirt. It, it was a real sweater. Like, but you like, could just wear it as a sweater. You could, absolutely. And if someone didn't make the Burt connection, you wouldn't have to tell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. But if they didn't, I'd be a little worried. Well, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I would not... I might... There might have been some like back of my brain part that knew, but I might not have got it right away. Okay. Because I'm I'm very many years removed from being an avid Bert and Ernie watcher. That's okay. fair. That's okay. fair. Yeah. Like I didn't even like a lot of guys in my generation in our twenties or early thirties, we kinda got back into the Sesame Street vibe. I never kinda had that so I didn't even like explore old episodes when they when I found them on streaming or anything. Oh. Not that you're getting a kick out of children's TV, but just to reminisce to, yeah, to nostalgia. I would. Yeah, exactly. You know, so but I, I didn't even have that kind of faith. Yeah, I got Sesame Street. Okay. I got back into it because of my kid. Oh, see, yeah, right. That's well. That's what. Yeah, that's I, what I real adults to. do, not man children <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she told me she wasn't uh, judgmental. She told me she was not judging people, and I was way off base. And uh, and her defense of that was to bring up how. Uh, we all needed to accept Christ because there were still boys who identify as girls. Oh, that took a leap, huh? It really did. It just... Because we were talking about Bert's sweater. Yeah, we were. And how adults in general just need to grow up and then... It came out <laughs> of fucking nowhere, it's, Hilton. 
No, well, I mean, yeah, no. Like, so, the culture war topic du jour is is the trans experience. It is, yeah. Is. And for so many, they just, they don't they don't get it. And they, they're not even trying to get it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't they, care to. Yeah. Because they, they, they still see it in some kind of either archaic, offensive way, or they're just, they're too busy watching Dr. Phil. Yuck. But I, uh, so yeah, no, you weren't. She, she just wanted a chance to talk about that. She didn't care about Bert. That's the problem. Is we, it would have been fine if she really cared about Bert and Ernie, but she didn't. She has she has no love for OETA, and that's sad. It's it's real sad. It's because that's you know it's it's viewers like you who make, <laughs> make that programming possible, and that's that's not her. But I d- I agree. I agree. And but I also know that generally any conversation I'm going to have is gonna is going to circle back to trans people somehow, whether or not they realize I'm part of it, you know? Well, and that's what I really wonder on that one. Cause you shared that one online. I saw a little bit of that. dialogue, yeah. mm-hmm. And I wondered, was she just so damn supercharged on that topic that she was just looking for an excuse to bring it up? Or did she look into you first? I don't know that she clicked on me. I don't either. I just yeah. think it may be some people right now. They're that caught up in that nonsense and it has nothing to do with her. It's the funniest part. I know. She's, she's not, not trans. She's obviously she's not hanging out with a bunch of trans friends. No. Well, and no, no, she's no. not cosplaying either, so just leave it the fuck alone. Leave it all the fuck alone. None of it is has it's to be not, relevant to her. It's not for you, yeah. clearly. So just move on. All yeah. right. So we have but shout out to her. Shout out to her, who is a person on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my rant this week is comics getting too big too fast. You know what I mean by this, Hilton? Um, yeah, um, I, I have a theory. Because um, there's a lot of different ways. It, it, do you mean they've actually gained some fame or notoriety quickly? I mean that they think they do. Okay, then yeah, no, that one that one we see so often. Yeah. <laughs> they And I remember it. I remember in my first year doing comedy, there was a show I did at the, uh, the Nightingale Theater when that was still operating. And I was, uh, I had one of the bigger, if not the biggest set of the night. And I had a lot of friends in the crowd and I was on fire that night. And I just had a, a great set. It, it is still one of, it is a top five set, even 15 years later. Wow. And that sense of self-worth and importance that I walked away with was so strong. Now, luckily I was a humble, cynical, jaded enough person to be like, okay, don't, don't, don't get the fuck, don't go too far on this. <laughs> But it felt good. It felt like for a minute I was being seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't keep myself in check, I can imagine what a royal piece of shit I would have come off as to everybody else. <laughs> and uh, how do you see that happening today? Frequently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's especially now, we, we're, we're in an exciting time in many ways because... There are more opportunities for comedians than ever before. There are more opportunities to move on from open mic to paid sets faster yes, than ever yes, before. Very much so. There are more shows, meaning more comics get to be in that headline slot faster than ever before. Yep. I see so many shows right now, and, and this isn't to besmirch these shows, but here in Tulsa I see a lot of shows that will have three or four comics on it, and none of them are better than an opener. And they are the only <laughs> comics on the lineup. Yeah. Right. 
And, yeah. And, so one of them who should only be an opener is the headliner yeah. of that show. And it's it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, that is going to give them an inflated sense of self-importance. But I do like that they have a chance to get up there and maybe do 15 minutes so early on because maybe it will help them work out a few jokes. But they don't they don't have 15 minutes. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, well, no. The, not a solid 15 no, minutes. No, no, not and a I think solid. I think a genuine problem is people are going getting that 15 minutes and getting paid $20 for it. Yeah. And then they go, "Well, this is this is me getting famous. This is what well, all I have to do now." Yeah. This is my job. Yeah, and it, it doesn't create a, a sense of work ethic to gain the next highest level. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. they may very well have a hard come down later. I, I think I'm starting to see it. I think that's, I mean, the only way at this point. There has to be a, a come down. Yeah, technically. There should. Uh, I mean, if there isn't, then they're one of the random ones that may have actually earned that fame. And notoriety. Yeah. You know, if they don't ever come down, if they don't ever have that reality check, if each next plateau is st- as easily achieved, then, well, all right, buddy, you proved it. Maybe you're the one. <laughs> it's, I, I ain't met one yet. No. I ain't met one. We, we I still... <laughs> that was like, hmm. 15 yes. years in, the best we've got is I know a couple of comics who are solid road comics. I know a couple of comics who have got a couple of real good writing credits. You know, we uh, we know a guy from here who's done SNL. Yeah. You know, um, and I know a guy who's got a, a pretty consistent acting work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and none of the three that I'm talking about are still in Tulsa in any way. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yep. In yep. Any way. I I know exactly what you're talking about on yeah. every single example. <laughs> and yeah. And yeah, when they come to town, I'm like, yeah, I really want to work with them. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it happens, but very more Sometimes often not. than not. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what's our fact tonight? All right. So I've got two since we are kind of touching on two of your oh. jobs. Um, so the first one is about, I guess, tutus. So professional tutus can take 60 to 90 hours to make like a piece. They can cost up to $2,000 or more and can use over like 100 yards of tool. Wow. And then they are so delicate. They actually are never washed. They're just like sprayed down with softeners and hung up to dry so that's also kind of gross <laughs> well maybe but you have to understand that ballet dancers do not perspire i guess that's true per- i just assumed they they are perfect in every way they every don't poop either <laughs> yeah, nope i'm nope, sure no, they don't even have they don't have a butthole nope nope nope, nope. <laughs> okay so that that reminds me of uh <laughs> i once got this vodka okay. um it it was given to me as vodka often is and uh, and my friend said, oh, yeah, that's the stuff we use to clean costumes. And I said, what? Like, you know, we were going to drink this. <laughs> and he said, no, we normally put that in a spray bottle and mm. just spray costumes with it because we can't wash them. If we wash them, they'll shrink yeah, or they'll discolor. Or, yeah. So we just spray them with this bottom shelf vodka and that gets them clean enough. Interesting. Oh, Noted. Yeah. Like, a, probably a mixture of that and, like, some kind of smell takeaway. Because I'm sure that would just reek after a while. Like a, like a Febreze. Like, dan- yeah, yeah. dancer Febreze. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was Barbara Walters was the first woman 
anchor an evening newscast. So starting in 1976, she is dead. And for those of you who asked, is Barbara Walters still alive? Because I know some of you did. She's not. She died at 93. And it was Barbara Walters died in 93. She died at 93. Oh, yeah. Because she just died like a couple of weeks ago, didn't she? Oh, I don't know. No? Yeah, I think it was semi-recently. Oh, it was 2022, I think. Was yeah. it? Okay, yeah, 22. So it was pretty okay. recently. So, yes, within the time. But then apparently it was like sudden and mysterious, but I didn't really read into it. I just also kind of assumed COVID because COVID. Well, it's not that sudden and mysterious at 93. Well, then again, Barbara was 93, but uh, she had spent more than 50 years in front of a camera to on TV. Yeah. So she was just the first woman news evening anchor. The um, kind of we've kind of seen that trope played, but the co-host or the actual original host was not really happy about it. I don't remember who it was. Sounds about right. But yeah, man, no bad woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, you know, that's a lot of people don't know. Anchorman is a documentary uh, <laughs> about what the thought. first woman in broadcast. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, she was technically Barbara Walters. It is weirdly uh, accurate about certain things. Oh yeah, about how people acted. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how. D- do you ever feel like you uh, you could have gotten into a uh, like a five by five brawl with uh, another network? Um, no, because I never cared enough about anyone who worked at the competition. <laughs> that was what? my favorite thing. One of my because fa- I, I don't I don't watch a lot of TV news. So even though I I, I very much enjoy the work of it and am uh, interested in the industry. Um, in terms of what I consume, it's just not on my radar. Mm-hmm. So we would go. I would go to 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 get-togethers with some of my coworkers when I was at Fox, reporters, producers, whatever, and members from the other networks would be there because they're all friendly. They see each other in the field and get to know each other. You know, they're not always in competition. And I'd introduce myself. Hi, I'm Hilton, and they would introduce themselves with an air of like. Don't you know who I am? Sometimes because I'd be like, "Oh, I'm a reporter on Six. I was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit." Yeah, like, <laughs> do I even need to introduce myself? Yeah, yeah. There was a and some of them are perfectly humble about it and, and <laughs> don't have that kind of ego. But I, I've run into a couple who have I've been. They've you get a very strong like, "Don't shouldn't you know who I am?" Vibe. And I'm like, no. My face is on the car. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I did end up on. Actually, before I knew you, Hilton, I ended up on our local news, the same channel you worked for. Okay. And uh, you didn't come out, and it, I had, I had a, a, a habit of watching that specific news channel every night, and they sent somebody who I had never seen before to interview me. Oh, wow. So, like, I'm just guessing they didn't take it that seriously, but I had to help this person uh, navigate into my apartment complex uh, it was a whole series of events. They were the first people on the scene. Um, do, have I ever told you any of this story? I don't think so, but I'm not sure. It's it's. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, one of my neighbors killed one of my other neighbors. Okay, I was getting a tattoo at the time. I drove home. I had to sneak back onto my property. Okay, yeah, just cops everywhere. Cop, blocked cops off some were of the apartments. Okay, and. Uh, and I called, like, I had just a Channel 
uh, can we say the channel? I already said Fox 23. Okay. I said yeah, I had a Fox 23 business card on my fridge for some other reason. Okay. And I called whatever the number was, and they were like, we're going to send someone out, and then told me where to find them. So I had to navigate the whole uh, wow. complex to go and talk to them, and I did an interview. They cut off my very funny T-shirt. <laughs> what what was on the T-shirt? Uh leftists for gay space socialism i, I can't like imagine why they cut yeah. that off. ship like right in the middle of the words it was beautiful i fully expected them to but <laughs> what apartment complex was this? it was called the lewiston, the lewiston 71st in peoria 51st 51st in peoria oh, oh yeah 51st yeah. oh okay the lewiston yeah that's um yeah i know what you're in talking that about little yep yeah okay and I gave a full long interview. They cut it down, and I was on the I was on TV the next morning. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that you can't even you can't enter on Peoria. You got to come or you got to come in off like Lewis or, yes. or off. Yes, yeah. there's uh, one the little in road. and out. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm so surprised that um, that you didn't get like a a, a more well known reporter because it means that either you were only interviewed by the photographer or you're interviewed by some newbie or some someone who was on an off shift. That, you, you I think that was it. It was later on in the evening when things happened. Wow. So yeah, maybe some morning like reporter came 10. in early, or uh, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. What what year was this? Do you remember? Oh God. Um, oh. this would have been 18. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The year we met. Yeah. 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 I um. I wonder. Uh, I wonder. Wow. That the funny thing is, is the in 2018. There was a really good chance that the manager on duty was me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a really good chance that I sent someone. So I wonder, I wonder if who I who I sent and why. Yeah, we can go back and look it up later. But oh, totally, it's a fun story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Hilton, what are your pronouns? Uh, oh, I'm a standard uh, cisgender he he him male. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We ask that of everyone. Um, so what do you do at Tulsa Ballet technically? So what does a day look like? Oh, uh, well, I'm in charge of, uh, Tulsa Ballet social media. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, uh, Twitter, uh, are the primary ones that we're using. We're not, uh, currently on TikTok or, um, anything else right now. Um, I also do press releases, uh, for all of our upcoming events and shows. I handle, uh, video and photography, uh, to provide B-roll for um, TV uh, appearances, for um, print uh, journalist coverage, and uh, then uh, coordinate interviews, appearances, etc., and things of that nature. Well, okay then. Um, and then what did you do at Fox 23? Everything. <laughs> uh, I was at Fox for about 11 and a half years. Uh, I started out as a on the assignment desk, which is information gathering and, and coordinating uh, our teams. Uh, the assignment desk would have been responsible for deciding who went to the Lewiston on the night of the shooting, for example. <laughs> right, yeah. okay. Uh, then I moved to producing, uh, where I produced uh, every show on the network before eventually becoming uh, a manager, uh, overseeing the night and weekend shows uh, as uh, an executive producer. All right. So what made you get into the news? I um I wanted to be a writer since I was uh, a, a preteen, and as I was in high school, there was a, a, a mantra they kept beating in our heads about like no matter what your creative pursuits are, you want something that's very 
you want to be employable. So, <laughs> so writing kind of turned into journalism for me. It was a, a career in writing that also played to my interesting or my inquisitive nature. Uh, so I, I t- uh, got involved with the school newspaper um, and then graduated and went to OU to get a journalism degree. Awesome. And what was the worst thing about the news? Uh, the worst thing about the news is, in my opinion, the ability to just really negatively impact people's lives in the interest of getting the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the big things in TV news that I've always railed against is the use of mugshots as content. Agreed. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I... I and it's hard because the thing about good television news is it's research-driven. Yeah. Uh, like Fox 23, I, I have a ton of respect for the work they do uh, while I was there and still uh, because they don't just sit in a boardroom and decide what the viewers want to see. Um, we we ask them, you know, what, what kind of news is important to you? What topics are important to you? And, and one of the biggest ones is safety, and one of the biggest issues is, of course, crime and the impact of crime on their, oh, yeah. themselves, their families, and their neighborhoods. So that being said, arrests are important news because it lets you know uh, where police work is successful. Um, and, you know, but the idea of putting everyone's face on TV who may have had a bad day or who may have circumstances that have led to a bad decision, yeah, does not include the chance to turn their lives around. So uh, as much as I understand the need for crime content, I think it needs to be approached differently than, than we do. And, and that's not me talking ill of Fox 23, because mm-hmm. that is industry-wide. That's just crime news in general. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, but we have to have a way that we can talk about, you know, if police have are doing good work in your community, there's there's value to that information. And knowing that criminals are being taken off the street, there's value to that. But putting everyone for every crime on TV is is more detrimental. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. Um, did you, while you were there, were there any teleprompter pranks or anything like that? No, I'm a big believer in... Um, you never want to accidentally have a, a, an anchor man situation, a, 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 a go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah, okay. So when it came time to writing scripts, I was very adamant that you do not put a joke in a script. Okay. Um, I got a little more lax on that later on uh, to where I might, if I knew for sure that I would be able to fix it before it hit air, mm-hmm. I might have written something and then immediately said, hey, look at this right now so that they can get the joke. And then, but I wouldn't put something that went, and I'm talking like hours before surprise. newscast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't do something that would actually impact an anchor on the uh, on the desk. All right. Hey, that's, that's admirable because <laughs> I think a lot of people would see that first opportunity and go, eh, I'm going to make them say something gross. Now, I, there's a, yeah, I, I, I mean, in the end, there's so much pressure on the on-air talent that that you're already seeing the impact of uh, just 
errors in good work. Yeah. You know, they get yeah. torn apart by viewers if they say something wrong, if a hair is out of place, if, if, if a viewer doesn't like the outfit they're wearing. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, everyone's pretty judgmental. And and you hear about that because these poor folks, you know, they vent a little bit while they're in the newsroom, you know, and, and so you, you hear about the things that they go through. And then, of course, if you're privy to email like I was, you see some of the nasty email that comes in. Yeah. I mean, just bitching about the, the way their makeup looks or that they're not smiling enough. It's like, fuck you. Like, you, know? you, you took your time out of your day to to write this to me exactly. like pre, re, yeah so so no i uh i, I would never want to be uh ap- accidentally l- lead to more of that for them sure sure well uh what is something that people don't know about working in the uh in the ballet something they should know oh man um I, 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 I hope I have enough experience to answer this question because this is something where as much as I, I have been busy these last five months and there's been a lot of work, I'm still learning so much about the place. That's true. I mean, then you can switch it to something like what is the most interesting thing you've learned in your time there? Probably just getting a, a real sense of the scope of the, the strength that's required. Uh, okay. For such a delicate art form, and and I, I I guess this wasn't unknown to me. You know that dancers are strong. I mean that's very silly to suggest that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but 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 to see just the to to watch in rehearsal the ease with which a a dancer will catch another dancer, yes. and carry them while so delicately moving them themselves across the stage is. It's it's a level of strength and delicacy combined that I don't know I knew existed. Yeah, you know, it's it's really cool. <laughs> um, you can give us a ballpark, but like, what does something like that position you have in the news? What does something like that pay, or what is like industry standard? Um, in in uh for uh, yeah. For the news, for markets, we're we're about market sixty five. Um, I was making fifty five thousand um, dollars. I should have been making sixty five to seventy, uh, but I was being lowballed. Okay, yeah, is that 100. an Oklahoma thing, or is that just kind of an everybody? Uh, yes. Okay. And then ballet wise, uh, I'm currently making fifty, um, and uh, I should probably be making about at least ten more than that. But, oh wow, uh, but, beautiful. Yeah. And this is something we do ask everybody. Yeah. Do you have any rivals or did you in the news game? Um, I don't, I don't like ego and I don't like people who, um, take advantage of others. So there are several, uh, people over the years, uh, at Fox, typically reporters who came and went or managers who came and went, who I would, uh, have to stand up with or, um, stand up to or um, push back against. Uh, no, no one that I would call out by name because they're not worth acknowledging. But um, yeah. there, there are. When I left Fox, I, I made it clear that there were two reporters that if they ever needed a story on the ballet, don't even bother having them call me. Okay, I, I would not answer the phone for either of them. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, that is a great answer. All right, so we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, ask more questions, and then we'll call it a night. Woo! Hey, do you use drugs? It's okay. I did it for a really long time, 
and I'm going to be completely honest, safety was not my number one concern. But if you need clean gear, spoons, condoms, oil burners, or most importantly, Narcan, come on, man. You got to keep Narcan around. Even if you're not using if you have friends who do, you can keep it. Just throw it in your backpack. Call SHOTS at 918-973-2671 for free delivery anywhere in Tulsa. Don't use a loan, and please keep Narcan on hand. Again, that is SHOTS. Stop harm on Tulsa streets. And we're back. Welcome back. Yay. Hilton, do you like ballet? I do, actually. I, I was raised on some of the uh, the high arts, but not ballet. But my mom wanted me to go to the theater. She took me to the opera. So even though I'd never been to a ballet when I got the job, I was like, you know what? I'm sure I'll appreciate this. And uh, shortly before I started, I went and I attended a production of Carmen being put on by Tulsa Okay, yeah. Uh, And it was magnificent. Uh, The music, of course, symphony music, I've always found to be beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's not not what I listen to in my day-to-day, you know, but... Definitely enjoy a good symphony, though. But the the power, the majesty of, of a symphony is impressive, and... And that and and the 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 dancing of course was beautiful. Uh, the 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 dancers, uh, the company is incredibly talented. The costumes were gorgeous. The settings were delightful, and the story was not only was the the details of the story outlined in the program, so I was able to be to be knowledgeable of the story of Carmen, which I was not familiar. But it's it's y- you get it. I mean, you know, these choreographers, it's not their first week doing this. Yeah. yeah. They can yeah. tell a story through movement. Yes, you know? yes. So so if anyone who's like, oh, I'm just it's not going to understand it, you'll get, you'll get enough of it, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah well, you know, I didn't think that, I, I, I guess I didn't know much about your background, but recently you've been putting some really wild things on Marketplace, and I'm like, who is his family? Like... <laughs> Because it's like this this set of glasses was handed down by the first woman who ever sat in Oklahoma. Those are all complete lies. Okay. To be, to be, I've just decided that everything I sell on Marketplace, I'm going to come up with an extremely elaborate backstory that suggests some kind of like important provenance. No, so, that's you gotta, fine. You gotta keep that air of mystery. It all started. I bought. I went to a. Fl- I went to a garage sale and I got this thing that you hang up on a wall and it like it pulls open and when it pulls open it becomes like a little shelf like a yeah. horizontal shelf and it had <laughs> yeah. little cubbies to hold recipes it was made to hold old index card recipes like our That's grandmothers and great grandmothers i would use that it was really cute it had a hand-painted rooster i got it for five dollars and i flipped it on marketplace for 15 but just because i was real high one day i was just like i'm just going to write a story and i was like you know this was paint hand painted in 1935 by Imelda Reynolds you know uh, of Luther Oklahoma and it sold and i was just like you know what fuck it from now on everything <laughs> i sell there's going to be some weird story oh that's my great God. i mean it's writing you know yeah so 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 like for instance uh the scotch set uh was a wedding present when i was married <laughs> it did not belong to a woman who was the founder of utica square or whatever bullshit i said on yeah i think Facebook. one of them was like just the founder of utica square yeah, or like, like tu or something no yeah perfect com- completely made oh up oh my fucking <laughs> 
completely made. Oh man, that's great. We need to start a podcast about you doing that. <laughs> well, the, none of it's selling lately. Oh so, damn! So the the yeah, jig the, the jig may be up. <laughs> so, but thank you. I'm glad someone noticed my my, my bullshit online. Your creativity, you mean? <laughs> thank you. Uh, did you find it to be an easy transition to go from Fox News to ballet? So TV news is one of the hardest jobs uh, out there and, and not necessarily the work that I was doing, especially as a manager, you get to delegate a lot. And, and I shouldered a lot myself, but still the people in the trenches, the producers, the photographers, the editors, yeah, those guys, my God, you know, and, and of course the reporters, the assignment desk, uh, you know, uh, the, the directors, you know, the camera ops, the entire team is working their butt off. But some of these folks for 40 hours a week, they're going, going, going. And transitioning to the ballet, which uh, the marketing job, it's it's a very different pace. And there's plenty oh, to yeah. do, but it does not overwhelm you like TV news does. So I had to adjust and actually remember that I didn't have to be constantly busy. I didn't okay. have to be constantly Just frantic. doing something. To the point of where like someone would ask for something and I'd get all defensive because I'd feel like it was something that was needed yesterday, like in TV news, when really it was needed in like two days and I didn't have to panic. <laughs> yeah. I oh, wow. I felt like I had news PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. For a minute. No, I get that. Yeah. I mean, you've, you have, it seems like you had to go at such a quick pace and there was a lot of pressure and uh, uh, exactly, shit happens yeah. all the time around here too so i mean yeah, yeah <laughs> like, really. to be very honest well and especially for a breaking news station like not every station follows that the chases the breaking news but mm -hmm. fox is like i said the research people want to know what's happening when they hear a siren nearby when they see the lights <laughs> they want to be able to turn on their tv and know exactly what's going on yep. so fox tries to to do that for them god bless them it, wow and that's it's hard stressful. as hell i'm sure oh, that's yeah. so stressful yeah so does, and you can answer this about working in the news, did comedy inspire your work or vice versa? No, uh, I, I made it a point to keep them separate. All right. When I, one thing about being in the news is it weighs very heavily on you. Yeah. Uh, there, the, especially tragedy that you have to cover, it, it can get so painful. Yeah. So my stuff on stage 99% of the time would be about anything else you know it was typically about my personal life uh growing up my my sexuality uh dating uh my you know financial my my finances my family uh not work because work nine times out of ten was serious sad business i didn't want to laugh about yeah sure yeah that makes sense you know my my the, one of the few jokes that i've consistently told about work is just a little offhanded joke about when someone one of my subordinates told me that they smelled weed in the bathroom i love that bit and i didn't have to check why because i knew why though yeah yeah smelled like weed what so. oh, let me go look yeah <laughs> now it smells more like weed <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you're talking about and that's that that is that is a true story <laughs> that's, that's beautiful um, do you have some humor, humorless coworkers? No. Um, uh, the nice thing at the ballet is most of them, we all have our own office. Okay. So most of them, uh, there's m several of them who I, I haven't really had to get to know and they haven't really had a chance to get to know me. So I honestly have no idea, but the coworkers I work closely with, no, seem to appreciate humor very much. 
And and if you're gonna work with me, I'm gonna crack jokes. Yeah, I wondered. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna get around because I'm just I'm gonna see an opening and I'm gonna say the thing. I just I can't not. <laughs> and I I don't want to live in a world where we don't. So yeah, I'm the same way. And I I still when I have those humorless coworkers, I will say to them almost as a challenge. I'm going to make you laugh. <laughs> like, just understand that you can take this uh, like with as much hostility as you can imagine. I will make you laugh. And, uh, and I like to think they have nightmares about me. <laughs> of course. If, if they don't laugh, I want them to weep. Yeah. yeah. I feel like God that's damn it, go. you did it. <laughs> uh, have you noticed a new, any new trends, troubling or otherwise, in comedy? Um, well, yeah, since, uh, you know, the, the pandemic gave birth to a, uh, a kind of anything-goes attitude without the guidance that previous generations of new comics had. And as those comics, the pandemic comics, are now graduating into mid-level comics, they are fostering that environment. Yes. So we are seeing a, a heyday for edgelords, unlike we are. we've seen in a long time. Yeah. We are. And it hurts. Um, it hurts, but in an odd twist, it has not canceled as much of a scene as I would have expected. And I think that goes back to something we talked on or touched on earlier about just how big things have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm I have often felt like experience has given me insight to analyze things as they're happening. <laughs> For the first time in the last year or so, I don't feel like my experience is giving me any guidance on this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I you know uh We've talked, uh, Brett, um, uh, about just kind of, you know, philosophically about changes in the scene a little bit the last year or so. Yeah. And I have found more and more where I have stepped, have seen myself less in a role to where I can offer something in that conversation instead to where I find myself just watching and learning both from what you're doing and what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. Because... What I have to go on isn't helping right now. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't really know what that means. Yeah, no, I just, I'm winging it. And I think, I think part of it is we got it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, 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 these things historically have moved in a pendulum manner to where if they swung one way, they would eventually swing the other. I hope so. I, I, I don't see it coming. I'm just curious at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the pattern, but maybe this is. Something different now. Yeah. Um, is it easier to book shows with your new schedule? Um, no, no. But the the ease of booking shows is hindered by uh, something you touched on earlier about the 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 fame issue uh, about the comics who think they're bigger than they really are. We have uh, a situation right now where I have a lot of headliners and I have a lot of openers. I don't have a lot of middle slots. Yeah. I have a lot of people who should be in the last slot who I'm letting putting in the middle slot because I don't have anyone else to put there. 
or I'm taking a chance on an opener and putting them in the middle slot, and nine times out of ten, they're not earning it. Yeah. And even our openers, we have struggled to get strong openers because a lot of openers, they think they're ready for a a solid seven to ten minute slot, and they're really still a four-minute open micer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, four or five minute, like... There's only probably four people in the last 18 months who have been in that opening slot who I would put back on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I've, I've not been blown away by anybody new in, in months. Like there have been a couple that have shown up at just a mic and I'm like, okay, this person isn't taking somebody else's style. They didn't say anything horrible and toxic right out of the gate. Um, and I actually want to work with them. Uh, that happens so few times that it's it's starting to worry me that we might not be able to do like unique shows in the near future. Um, yeah, it where we we will likely likely see a stagnancy while the we get a new bunch of comics trained up. Hopefully, because the yeah. last new batch may not have enough successes to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would not. I, I'm fully betting I'm going to be struggling to book shows for another year. Uh huh. So, and I say that we did just book the next one extremely easily, but that was a fluke. Again, <laughs> yeah. that's the outlier. That isn't. Yeah, you know, yeah it's you're totally not the special. Still, <laughs> we had someone in the wings we were waiting on, so it, it, it helped. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, so. Would you tell new comics to slow down? Like, you know, Bojack comes with time. Um, well, Bojack may not be the right example. (laughs) My my point is, fame in general comes with time. Bojack can give us some false ideas of where we are, too. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Well, here's the deal. The, the newbie who is headlining that four-comic show when they shouldn't be, they should take that slot and they should still run with it because that opportunity is a great opportunity that not every generation of comic has had. But you still got to hit every open mic you can. You still got to write like a motherfucker and you still got to practice, practice, practice in situations that you think are practice. Yeah. Because... The best comics will be the ones that can take advantage of these excessive opportunities, but still put in the work. Right. They will grow and, and be deserve what they've been given. I saw a new a newer comic uh, counting their open mic performances like they were shows. And nothing, I wanted to scream. Like, that is your practice. That is the time you get to practice. That is... It, use that to to try the joke you don't think it's is going to work, and then try it again on another open mic, different For, stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a different stage. It's your experiment. It's it's where you get to to walk around and do whatever the fuck you want, because if, you're gonna want that to be perfect by the time you get to the showcase. When you're doing new open mics, like if it's a mic you haven't been to before, a room you haven't been to before, uh, something like that, if you're counting those as performances, you know what? I, I don't hate that. 
because it's a new experience. It's a new challenge. There's new elements to that. If you brought the same set you did at your normal open mic, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you how to label everything, but if you go to, let's just say, you know, like cellar dwell is a very popular open mic. Yeah. yeah. Starlight's a very popular mic. If you go to one of those every week and you count those as performances, that's really just you doing reps. That, that's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, that's, I, and, and, and I remember when I started out, there was so few open mics that you couldn't even necessarily get a, a shot in every week. So I think, I, I'm pretty sure when I hit one year, I may have only performed 20 times. Yeah, right. Okay. You know? Right. So, but I counted every one of those, but also I didn't get to do it every week. I couldn't <laughs> do five in a week if I wanted to, because there's that many open mics. So I, I feel like it's a little different now. Like if you're, if you're going to Starlight Open Mic every week, I, which you should be 100%, I don't know that that's really performances. Right. You know? I feel like yeah. a performance should involve some kind of new challenge, but I, but we're getting so in the weeds here that I, I almost feel like uh, in the end, I don't know, just just do the damn comedy. Yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, do find the damn as many comedy. opportunities as you can to do the damn comedy. Yeah. So, with that all said, do you ever stop and wonder what the fuck you're doing? <laughs> You know, about every 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know. I was going to say like seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Well, it's slowed down a little this week. Okay, good. Um, yeah. I mean, always. Always. Yeah. Always. And when, whenever that gets comfortable, that's when you know to quit, right? Uh, if I knew when to quit, I would have been gone. <laughs> All right. I so feel that. Let's uh, let's plug and promote some stuff. What you got coming up? Well, I ain't quitting, so you better come to the Starlight Comedy Nights, the second Friday of every month. We always have a really good time. Host Laura Cook and I bringing you some of the best from Tulsa and all over the region. I've got two out of the next three uh, booked. If you want to know th uh, two of the comics who are going to be coming to hang out with us on March 14th, you can see Tulsa's own Lacey Rains and Tulsa's own Wade McFarlane taking the Starlight Comedy Night stage. Yeah. Super happy to have the both of them. And if we get the third one, I'm excited about welcoming him to the Starlight Show as well. I also got a fun show coming up on 420. That's the weed holiday. Ayo. And I'm going to be doing the dab show over at the Sesh Lounge that's hosted by the one and only Nicolo Burkett and our friend Dylan Walters. Uh, is it Walters or Waters? Walters. 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 It is Walters. All right. So good guys doing a good show, getting people good and high before they do the comedy. Can I uh, be as eloquent and funny after doing a big old dab hit? We're going to find out on 420. And of course, please tune into my one, no, not one, not two, not three, but four podcasts on the OLA Ministries Network. You're going to catch me and Mr. Michael Zampino on Opinions Like A-Holes, me and Mr. Brian Sittler on the People Persons Paper Podcast talking about the hit NBC sitcom The Office. You want to geek out on comics and video games? I've got my solo show, OK Geek. And if you want to hear a septuagenarian and telling stories from long ago you got stories with mom with my very own mother elise price all on the ola ministries network where you can also hear the lovely podcasting to perfection starring bread breakfast and hannah backwards damn straight wow i didn't even have to promote that we did drop episode five recently so if you do want to check that out that would be super great you can check it out wherever you get your podcast i said it awesome you're welcome one. and then <clears throat> ola ministries.com and then hilton just for you I'm going to try to say it really fast because I think I can. People, person, people, prop. Nope. Just kidding. So three three quarters of the way. You're almost there. <laughs> All right. You can catch me on Wednesdays at 9.30 for sign up, 10.30 for the show at Starlight. That's a regular weekly open mic with Laura Cook. It's 100% original with no bummers. 
we have the April 5th Oops All Booked show actually with you. Yes. Yeah, we've got uh we've got you, Dan Alton, Laura Cook and myself then proceeded by our normal open mic. Uh April 7th, we've got the Riff show at Heirloom Rustic Ales. This one is all Tulsa comedy veterans. Too many names to go through on uh, on one recording. And then April 13th, I will be at the Black Apple in Springdale, Arkansas. That's going to be a fun show. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I'm super excited. It is my first out-of-state gig. Yeah. Yay. So with that, let's go ahead and call it an evening. Hannah. Bye. 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 This has been a Burger Satan Bitch Fest production. <laughs>